What you do in October, November, and I suppose late September for the heavier soils, what you do on the farm at that stage, is the biggest influence on grass supply in the spring. The next biggest influence then is uh, the weather. The, the weather is, on, is, you know, you can't predict that, but we have a reasonable idea what will grow over the winter and what will happen um, into January and February. Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, as the grazing of the last rotation approaches, I'm joined by the Grass Tin team, John Maher, Joseph Dunphy and John Douglas. You're all very welcome. Before we start, perhaps you'll give a review of the year to date across the country. Joseph, in the West, what have you seen? It's been quite a topsy-turvy sort of year. When we look at some of the averages, Catherine, in terms of grass growing, we're kind of going to be happy where we are in terms of the tonnage, but that has been very much up and down in terms of depending on the time of the year in terms of growth, but also in terms of weather conditions. If we look at the the, the dry stock farms from pasture base and the overall figures, we're looking at about seven and a half tonne growing, which if we take go back to maybe 2021, um, where we grow about, about 10.1 tonne on average for the year, we're largely roughly where, where, where we're supposed to be uh, at about at seven and a half tonne growing year to date. Last year in 2022, we kind of had the drought at this time so in it when we, we only ended up with about 9.2 ton growing so in general it's been a good grass growing year if we look back i suppose look in my area catherine um if we take just just two just two weather stations for example Athenry and Clare Morris you know Athenry has got up to maybe up to the first of september had about 940 mil of rain um you know, and on, on, on a typical long-term average of about, you know, from the uh, uh, long-term average about 11, 11.78 for the year. So it had a huge amount of rain got up to the 1st of September this year, whereas last year it only got 600 mil of rain up to the 1st of September. So there's a huge, a huge amount of rainfall there, you know, as we, we've seen from, from or heard in previous podcasts, you know, there for July, probably t- between three and four times in certain regions. Similar enough in, in, in Clare Morris there as well, long-term averages of 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 um uh, 1200 mil of of rain um and year to date it's got uh, in around 800 so again a very a very wet summer and and you know in particular on maybe on farms with heavier stocks so if we have you know if it's sucklers or maybe heavy cattle and particular farms with with heavier soils there during july catherine a lot of a lot of rainfall you know constant um constant you know days with with rain days maybe maybe four 13 or 14 days for the month with rainfall in and that really just capped it off and you know a lot of heavier cattle around that time were 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 housed but you know things have improved on those farms you know the last couple of weeks Catherine a lot of a lot of good weather um which has allowed maybe bits of third cut silage to be taken it has allowed an opportunity for you know to get good graze outs on on high on high covers that's great, Joseph. And John Maher, in the south of the country, has there been much difference, similar rainfall possibly? Uh, sure, sim- similar trends to what Joe outlined, uh, Catherine. Um, roller coaster of a year, dry February, very wet March, dry June, very wet July, uh, fabulous weather of late, great grass growth of late, you know, um, it won't be a record year for grass growth, um, but it won't be bad at this point in time, which is you know September. Um, I would say grass quality and grass quality in June and July now were a challenge for parts of uh, most parts of the country. I would say because of the way the weather came and the inconsistent patterns, you know, from wet to dry. Um, I suppose one figure was stand out for me, all right, Catherine for Kerry. 
Um, they've taken the brunt of the rainfall now, to be honest, I would say. And I know in one week in July, they got 10% of the rainfall. Um, you know, they got almost seven inches, six and a half inches in the space of seven days. So that's horrendous. They've had a few other belts of um, intense rainfall over short periods, um, which has created challenges. However, a bit like Joe saying, the last while has got dry, has, has have given great opportunity to get, you know, silage made, albeit delayed. Um, might not be the best quality, but the quantity is there. So, you know, I suppose um, um, not too bad in in the overall scheme of things. And I suppose as we look forward now, Catherine, like um, uh, because grass growth has picked up, there's a good supply of grass and farm. All the figures will show that from pasture base. And uh, given the price of silage and more importantly, the price of meal, it's a great opportunity to make take advantage of um, grass going into the autumn now, given the costs of the alternatives. Most definitely. John Maher mentioned they're a roller coaster year so far. John Douglas, has it been as challenging in the East? Uh, yeah, Catherine, um, I suppose if you wanted to, to summarise a great start um, in on any of the farmers that managed to get out in February, you know, they got a great start to the year. But for those, I suppose it just shows the flexibility if you're if you're um, if you're not flexible, you can miss these opportunities. And for those that maybe weren't as flexible for whatever reason, they came, you know, to maybe the traditional the tr- traditional time of March when you're letting stock out was very wet. And April was challenging as well, and it was it was really it was really into the you know the second week of May before things really started to dry out in a lot of places. Um, but I suppose in the in the in the east end, I suppose they're they're probably better able to cope with that as in general they get lower rainfall and um, but I suppose May got very dry there was there was feeding out of of probably silage and stuff in, in June or late late May definitely into June uh, on some farms to handle that uh, slowdown in grass growth but once it picked up look uh, a lot of farmers I suppose maybe around the east would tell you a wet summer suits them so they um, they actually grew didn't grow any record amounts as John said but grew consistently through kind of when it started raining through into into August, and the last few weeks have been very good. Um, one thing I would note is the the this this time of year, like where I'd say a lot of farms are on target with building up grass compared to other years, which is great because, as John said, it gives that opportunity now to utilize more grass into the autumn which avoids feeding silage and meal so much which is better for profitability you mentioned they were now into mid-september what's the plan and the targets now for the autumn rotation john douglas so we're into the build-up um farmers should be building up over the last couple of weeks I suppose most beef farms probably lower stock so you know coming into the end of august early september should be building up grass the target is now to uh be grazing covers towards the end of september early october that are probably up on 1,800, 2,000 kilos of dry matter. Uh, for anyone not familiar with that, that's probably you know tr- between three and four fists of grass. That's what that's the that's the the heaviest covers we should be grazing, and uh, that would stay that'll extend out the rotation length. So rotation length should be going from you know 30, 35 days out towards 40 to 50 days by early October before we start closing up the farm. And Joseph, I suppose in the west of Ireland, a lot of suckler farms particularly weaning taking place this time of year, what are kind of the targets that those farmers should be targeting? On those farms with, with, with suckler cows um, and, and a bit of weaning going on, the, the, the stocking rate might be that little bit lower. So again, there's probably a decision to be made on the farm if covers are gone maybe maybe too high 
um, if pre-grazing yields are, you know, maybe above 22, 2300 at the minute, this is probably really the last week that, that farmers have in terms of maybe t- maybe maybe bailing a paddock, okay? Um, the priority, you know, to try and get some of those fields grazed off when there is very, when there is very, um, when they're if they're if the covers are over twenty two twenty three hundred can be quite challenging, especially if the weather if the weather gets poor and you know Catherine some 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 people will you know maybe bring in stock for a few days to you know around that at weaning time which will lower the stock rate. So just try and make a try and make a decision if covers are gone too high. Um, take out take out a paddock take out a paddock or two at at the minute if 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 it's gone if it's gone over over the top really and truly closing up correctly sets up the farm for the spring. What do you say to farmers that may be tempted to go back in and graze paddocks that have been closed now in October, John Maher? Okay, well, the, the, the most important thing, I suppose, Catherine, is to kind of have a plan for the last closing um, of the farm. What you do in October, November, um, and I suppose late September for the heavier soils, what you do on the farm at that stage is the biggest influence on grass supply in the spring. The next biggest influence then is uh, the weather. The weather is, is, you know, you can't predict that, but we have a reasonable idea what will grow over the winter and what will happen um, into January and February. However, you know, if 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 farmers get uh, overly greedy with grass and stay grazing late, you you run down the cover on the farm. When you run down the cover on the farm, it doesn't have the leaf to trap the light, albeit limited light, to get growth. So you end up then with... Um, uh, a lower supply of grass in early February or early March, and you grow less. So there's a balance here. You bring too much and you get losses of decay or the grass rotting. You bring too little and you you don't grow as well next spring. And you also, um, uh, 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 you know, affect the quantity of grass supply available to the animals next spring. So it's, it's about having a plan. And broadly, that starts for most farms somewhere in the first half of October. You close away um, through the farm and you finish off when, whenever late October, um, early November. You, you know, schedule the withdrawal of animals off the farm, depending on your system. I think the lighter animals should probably um, stay out last and the heavier animals come in first because they... Uh, tend to do more damage um uh the real backward weanlings should go be housed first um of the weanlings and they should be the first to go out in the spring often people do vice versa on that so the weakest weanlings should be housed first uh of the weanling grouping and the the most forward weanlings housed last just to give the the weaker weanlings a chance to adjust but I suppose, uh, in a nutshell, Catherine, you start closing on the heavier farms the end of September. The normal farms are around, um, you know, um, early to mid October. Close on rotation, and you know that when you when when you come to the point in, we'll say, I'll just make it an educated guess here, Catherine, every November, there needs to be, uh, you know, the the fields that have six or seven or eight hundred kilos on them at, at that stage, right? You need to stop grazing then because now you're starting to eat into the into the um, you know, next year's grass supply. And as a quick number, about two thirds of the grass that you're available next spring comes from what you do in the autumn. So it's a case of having, you know, um, a reasonable supply of grass without overdoing it. But generally, if you follow a, a rotational plan or a plan that starts, I'd know, I'd say the 10th of October and finishes in early November um, and you close the farm up on that type of schedule, Catherine, you won't be too far off the mark now, right? The big risk is that you keep grazing and keep grazing and 
shave out the farm completely, then you will not have grass available next spring. Then you will not grow grass uh, well next spring. Most definitely. And that tends to be an issue on some farms in the spring. It does. Given the amount of white clover that has been incorporated into swards and the number of walks and open days that you've held in relation to white clover, how should these paddocks be managed differently in the last rotation, John Douglas? Uh, so in the last rotation, I suppose we can we can we can look at I suppose this year, or sorry, right now, Catherine, in terms of um, some of the reseeded grass wards from this year, they should probably you know be grazed, continue to graze them at kind of the normal covers of that thirteen to fourteen hundred kilos of dry matter or whatever that nine, eight nine centimeters of grass or two to three fists, whichever way you want to quantify that. We don't want to build up heavy covers on them because we, we need light down to the base even through the autumn time. And that gives the, the clover the best chance to establish. Then as we move into our closing rotation, we don't want these paddocks to close up first. So depending on when you kind of start closing and finish closing, uh, you're, you're aiming to, to close the, the clover paddocks towards the, the end of October, early November. And I suppose if you can leave it to November, all the better. And what that does is you, you graze it down to four centimetres, you let light down to the base, and then over the, the winter time, the, the, the even the, the small bit of limited light that John talked about is getting down there and in the springtime you're giving that clover the best chance to survive the, the winter carrying a big heavier cover so closing it up early uh, allows the grass to shade out the clover plants and basically less of them survive then through the winter because of that That's great John I suppose we've seen a lot of swarms been put in the past number of years in relation to multi-species Joseph have you any key tips for farmers that are closing up paddocks with multi-species swords? Yeah, so again, again, Catherine, on the multi-species, and especially maybe for, for some of, of this year's lays, um, it's going to be important. Uh, we're after having good weather, so some maybe some of this year's multi-species, they're growing away very, very strongly at the minute. The couple of key, key pointers of that is to keep an eye on the weed burden, because as we know, those paddocks, Catherine, can't get a post-emergent spray. So um, the spot spray needs to be kept on top of all the time. And so, you know, be be after after, you know, after each graze and just be just be aware of what what what, you know, maybe docks or maybe with a red shank or something like that is is are in that lay and and to and to and to hit them then with the with the with the, the you know, your knapsack or your, you know, your sprayer on the on the back of the quad and keep on top of them. And again, Catherine, especially just to try and keep the covers fairly, 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 fairly low on the in the multi-species wards for the winter. So, again, very similar to what John has just covered there try and keep the pre-grazing yields down as you move through now through September and then try and graze off towards the end of your your last rotation there at the end of October and early November. In relation to red clover that has been grown on farms Joseph what key tips have you for farmers to avoid heavy covers over the winter? Yeah, so yes, Catherine. Yeah, so it's been a, a super opportunity on the red clover, and again with the good weather there in, in early September, you know, a lot of maybe either you know third or fourth cuts have been have been taken, have been taken on red clover, uh, red clover silage. I suppose the key, the key, the key, the key point with red clover is it's not as prone to shading. Uh, that 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 you know, and, and I suppose then then white that white then white clover is so, but it is still good practice to clear off any 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 red clover herbage by grazing there the second half of you know again in late October or early November, um, because there can be some dieback and rot away of the red clover over the winter times. So again, very similar to what we're talking about is try and try and clean off that herbage in late October. Uh, or early November. It's an ideal time really for farmers to be applying lime, particularly for farmers that might have applied for the liming scheme. 
what advice have you for applying Lyme, John Douglas? Um, yeah, absolutely super time because as you said, the weather conditions have been very good over the last couple of weeks and there's also a lot of silage being cut, whether it's late or third cut. Uh, so there's a lot of open bare ground, we'll say, and especially this time of year as well, our rotation lengths are longer. So animals that are grazing the field this week, they won't be coming back to it for about a month or so. So you're, you have perfect opportunity, ground conditions. So I definitely would be ordering lime. I'd look at my soil test results and see what they uh, see what they say in terms of um, how much I need to apply. Um, but I'd be definitely for anything, you know, that's below six or maybe even around six probably requires about two ton of line per acre to get it back up to the optimum we're aiming for a ph of 6.3 for grasslands and even up to 6.5 for grass clover sward so we are actually even increasing that ph a little bit for to to uh, facilitate the clover establishment on farms and uh so yeah about two tons of line per acre if it's maybe 6.1 6.2 you might do one ton of line per acre but the important thing is supposed to do your soil tests and uh, or sorry look at your soil tests if you don't have in-date soil tests as well that's important to to plan to get done uh, this autumn or over this winter to get your soil test up to date and what are the key points really for farmers that haven't soil samples that you mentioned but are interested in getting soil samples taken now I suppose if there's if there has been like some slurry or P and K fertilizer put out lately, um, we tend to say leave leave it two to three months. So that's why generally the soil sampling is kind of a late autumn over winter time because farms may have applied some nutrients to the ground that could uh, I suppose uh, give you some some inaccurate results because it would be picking up some of the P and K that you would have put out rather than what's actually in the soil so we want to give that that break uh, and <clears throat> then go and get the farm sampled so look i suppose you can get it done through chagas or you can get it done yourself privately but you want to get a good accurate picture of the farm so you know you're walking your paddocks in kind of a w shape collecting up enough core samples that you can then combine to give a, an accurate analysis of your of your soil which you can send off and get the results back and make sure to talk to your advisor about you know what fertilizer should i be spreading in for next year what should i be ordering to either increase your soil fertility to maintain it uh, to basically get the best out of it for your farming system that's great john thanks very much i suppose you've covered a lot of detail there in relation to different swords and closing up for the last rotation to wrap up have each of you one tip for farmers to consider for the next six weeks joseph i'll start with you yeah, so Catherine, um, the top tip for me, I suppose, pre-grazing yields at the minute are somewhere in around 1,900 or 2,000 on beef farms, which, again, maybe on the higher stocking rate farms is okay um, because there's maybe a lot of mouths to get through it. Um, for maybe the lower stocked, it, lower stocked farmers, it's important to make that decision. Do I need to take any more silage out or am I going to be able to get through it? If I'm able to get through it, it's important to try and get through those heavy covers of, you know, 22, in the right weather conditions. So try and take them out this little bit earlier in September. Use your strip wire uh, with 12-hour or 24-hour allocations and a back fence then to protect regrowths. Yeah, so I suppose my tips is to have have a plan in place for this autumn, you know, in terms of closing up the farm in rotation, so that there therefore you have a range of covers and a range of covers that you can go to in the springtime. Make sure the paddocks that are closest to the yard, the driest paddocks, the most sheltered, the easiest ones to get to, make sure they're closed up kind of in late October 
so that they have the right amount of grass on them when it comes to the springtime and when you want to get stock out to graze. That's great. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks very much, Catherine, and thanks to all your listeners, and we hope to see you all next week at the Chagastan at the National Flowering Championships. For further updates from the Grass Tin team, check out the weekly newsletter on the Chagas website. The link is available in the podcast text. That's all for this week's episode, and my thanks to the Grass Tin team for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.